Balls are back. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. Ball hit high in the air in the right field. Going back to Sayre. And Tennessee can say hello with Column. A grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. You can't draw it up any better. We just won a basketball game, and we're very happy right now. I made up my mind. I don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to stay at the University of Tennessee. Yeah! Read it, did to do, and welcome into more important issues. It is Thursday, March 23rd. If you're listening to this tomorrow, hopefully the Vols are still dancing. I've got my Whitney Houston shirt on. It's my official March Madness shirt because I want to dance with somebody because we are dancing with somebody. It's great I was going to wear my uh, Tennessee basketball jersey, but my wife said I look like a douche, so I changed. <laughs> Smart to listen. I mean, I thought I I don't know what you look like in that. I'm going to say you would have looked great, but I'd probably listen to my wife too if I were you. So I, I, I didn't have any sleeves, so I mean, I did look like a frat guy with a chain <laughs> and, and a basketball jersey. But, hey, it is kind of spring break a little bit. Sort of. Spring break season. Yeah, it's the time. Yeah. Absolutely. We've got a good game going on in Madison Square Garden right now. Vols are going to tip off right after. We're going to have you out of here by 9. Probably looking at a little bit after 9 tip off, but we'll, we'll get out of here by 9 just to give you some time to uh, to get to the TV and, and get ready to, to watch the Vols versus the Owls. I'm excited, man. I'm fired up. It is a good time to be a Vol. Sweet 16, Madison Square Garden. Is this college basketball? It looks like Manhattan is orange right now. I'm fired up that – that's that arena looked pretty empty until uh, right after tip off and the Vols made their way from printers alley. And, and now it's looking a little bit more like NCAA tournament time. So I, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Tennessee. And um, if you made the trip trip to New York, shout out to you. Shout out to you. We always show out, baby. Always. Absolutely. We're going to go ahead and get into the show. Cause like I said, we're going to try to get, get you out of here in uh, now looking at 50 minutes before we do that though, I do want to mention our good friends over at underdog collectibles. Underdog is Knoxville's best sports collectible store. The wide selection of UT cards, autographs, and memorabilia. Whether you're looking for a Peyton Manning autographed helmet or the most recent Topps baseball card release, you'll find it at Underdog. The shop is owned by UT graduates and proudly supports UT sports by hosting NIL events throughout the year. Stop by the University Commons Shopping Center next to Publix and Domino's to check them out. They're open six days a week with live YouTube shows three nights per week. Remember to always bet on the Underdog. They've got everything over there you could be looking for and might have to see if we can uh, find some rugby cards in there sometime now after after this week. Yeah, some uh, small blacks or um, Australia, you know, whatever. I guess they're the same thing. No, New Zealand's all blacks. You tried, though. I appreciate it. No, 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 no. no. I know that, but he's oh, okay. saying Australian rugby rules, but oh, Australian yeah, rugby yeah. rules and just regular rugby, I think, are the same thing. Correct. I, I don't. I think he meant Australian football, I think, was what he was going for. Mm-hmm. But you just missed it. The, and the, the worst part about doesn't hit the same. The, yeah, the joke doesn't hit the same. The worst part is I think he had that one written out because he he gave himself a little chuckle after and and I I wasn't offended because I think he was joking. I am offended that he thinks I'm stupid. He said he didn't watch the Duke Tennessee game yet. That game was on the day before. You're telling me you didn't watch the two teams you know if you <laughs> would have played. Shut up. Yeah, I'm not yeah. that dumb. 
No. I do think he was. I don't. I mean, come on. I, I think he was. Hey, shout out to Dusty May. Uh, I think he was working the refs a little bit. And hey, that's your job. Your job is to go in there and win, win however you can. Um, you know, if I saw a team like Tennessee, of course you're the opposing team. You want the fouls called. That, that's what you want. You start working the refs from the get go. You tell them what they should see. That's a smart move on him. I don't know why we're hating. We're, here's the thing, though. If they go in and call it tight, you know, Tennessee's you might struggle from the get go, but this team can play physical basketball. They played in SEC all year. We've seen 45 fouls called in one games. It's not outside of their realm of possibility to win if this game's called tight. So I'm not worried about it. Well, and like the game before Michigan State and Kansas State, Michigan State and Tom Izzo, they play one of the most physical brand of basketball there is. So, mm-hmm. um, you, you can if you're watching that game, you can probably get a clear indication of how they're going to be calling it. Um, maybe they are crew to crew. You never know. You maybe really they're know. a little lighter on the whistle um, <laughs> for ours. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, whatever. Tennessee wins by twenty. It, it doesn't matter how many whistles they call. I like that you're that. I, I said I said Tennessee has no problem playing that way, and I, I mean I really do. Uh, I feel as good as I think you could about a sweet sweet sixteen matchup. You know, we were eating dinner a minute ago, and I couldn't figure out why I wasn't hungry, and it's the nerves. They, they're setting in, man. I don't see myself sitting down once I leave this desk for the rest of the night. Um, I, I'm fired up, but I am nervous. I mean, FAU, they aren't here by uh, luck, the same way Tennessee. And, I mean, they did have to play and beat Memphis. They did get FDU in the, in the second round, but you're talking about a Cinderella team that's coming off the greatest win probably ever will be in school history. Um, when the world ends, we'll we'll all look back together and say, "You remember FDU beating Purdue?" We'll all say it. So to to go in and get that win is still tough, and um, they did bring a little bad karma on themselves, I believe. So we'll see how that goes with that that last dunk. If you make that dunk, I think people feel a little bit differently about it. But uh, karma rained down very differently when you miss it. So not not good look there. I, I think as far as I mean, matchup goes for Sweet Sixteen, you can't ask for a better one. Um, I mean, sure, you're going to – them being a little bit uh, leaner maybe, a little bit faster, presents its own share of struggles. But this is a, this is a team that's fast, um, also physical. And, and I'm not I'm not worried about Tennessee being able to cover on the arc. Like I, I, we talked about before the um, uh, Louisiana game, how if they could get hot from three, that's dangerous. But we're not looking at this this FAU team looking at a threat in the paint. So you're not you're not all drawn to one guy, and then also having to cover the the uh, the outside. So not that I think they, they'll I'm sure they'll get theirs, but I, I don't think it's the same struggle as that Louisiana presented. Yeah, he, he's not as polished as Jordan Brown was, hundred percent the the seven footer that they have, and I don't think mm-hmm. they have anybody else that really plays a ton of minutes that's over six foot four um, or at least starters they, they play four guards right. um and I think that's kind of advantage Tennessee especially if tennis if, if they're not able to you know get hot like uh, Missouri was against us or blanking on who I guess Kentucky was pretty hot against us but if, if they're not coming out firing I mean I think that's advantage Tennessee I mean Tennessee has size they have and and not just in in the post, they, their guards are big. Josiah's mm-hmm. big. Um, Julian's big. Jemai Meshack is big. I mean, they're they're it's going to be tough for them to really get theirs. Um, so I think Tennessee, you know, kind of like we mentioned last game, we were talking about Duke. Is you know you got to defend the perimeter. 
as best you can, ball pressure, um, you know, help, you know, don't leave anybody open. And I, I think you, the, the seven footer, I don't think you need to double team him. I don't think he's no. that opposing presence that, that you need to throw a double team at. I mean, you know, I think you can trust your guys, whoever it is, Urosh, Olivier, Jonas, Tobey. Um, I think all four of those guys can handle him. He, he's not the one that, that's scary. I think it'd be a lot – I'd be a lot more worried is if this was Purdue. And I'm not saying yeah, FAU yeah. doesn't deserve to be here because they absolutely do. But, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. They, you know, Memphis kind of got the short end of a stick of, you know, that foul call and – you know, they went on a last second shot and then, you know, they end up playing a, a 16 seed, which 16 seed had to go beat Purdue. But, I, you know, I think they, their kind of bracket opened up early where I, I think this is where Tennessee's is, is finally opening up. Yeah. For, yeah. I know. I don't disagree that as far as, like I said, matchup, this is it. Um, and I think I am interested to see how Tennessee attacks them defensively for 40 minutes. I think we'll see, man, I got to imagine right out of the gate. Uh, get get hands and faces even off ball and, and try to because uh, they move the ball pretty well and so I think try to disrupt some early stuff. I'm kind of interested to see if we do go to a zone because like you said, I think this is one of those games that um, if we go to zone, it's going to be with the intention of protecting perimeter and kind of leaving that one man isolated. And I, th- I think that's fine, but I, I'm interested to see uh, if they can protect the gaps in that zone and, and, and what they can do. And then maybe this is a man for 40 minute game. I, I don't know. I'm sure it'll kind of I'm sure fouls may play into it and what Tennessee has to adjust to, but I mean, I'm interested to see how they attack it uh, throughout, but I do expect man right out of the gate. And um, I mean, after the way Tennessee started against Duke, I kind of expect Roche to, to maybe start the game and see if he can get anybody inside off their, off their rhythm early and, and see what happens there. I, I I'm, I'm very interested to see what they've got in store. I, I'm offensive end. It's still, I think this is, we get a game, a big game from Olivia Kumwa, and that's awesome. I hope he can carry it, in, it into tonight for a couple of reasons. Number one, I, Tennessee, you never know who's gonna who you're gonna get from uh, on the offensive end. So I'm, I'm, you know, Vescovi, you know, he's going for 14. Um, Josiah, you hope hits hits some of his shots, and and he's in the 10 range. And then who's gonna be that next guy? I think for the remainder of this tournament, and I mean that that includes tonight. I think it's got to be Kumwa, and I don't, I'm not asking him to go for 20. 27 a night that's not it um but we've talked about all season tennessee's lacked that inside guy that you could go to in in uh late shot clock situations or or possessions that you've seen in two or three empty possessions and you got to go to someone that you know can can get to the rim or, or get an open shot i think it's got to be kumwa like you i think you said it last show he's your most polished big you probably said it all year he's your most polished big um and then someone someone's got to be got to be your 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 guy when it when you need it and i think it's got to be him so i I hope he brings it again tonight and carries momentum um from last game because i mean he played he played excellent in just about every facet of the game that you could ask and so i hope i hope you see him carry that over because i think tennessee's you've seen tennessee get streaky they're going to go three or four possessions maybe more without a score hopefully they can go to kumwa and, and shake those possessions away and um try not to uh let FAU go on any on on big runs and and limit that. I'm also one thing for Tennessee, and I'm not I'm not sitting here saying hit all your open shots. I, that's an impossible task. Yeah, I know impossible task to ask, but I think one big thing for Tennessee is is take take your good shots, and then hopefully some of those fall. I think that's one thing Tennessee can do. They can either 
one or two things I think they're guilty of pretty often is either taking not great looks early in the shot clock because they think they're good looks um, or not taking good looks because they're looking for something better. I mean, this is a – I don't know how many assists Tennessee has on the year. It's a lot. And this is a team that moves the ball. But I think when you have a good opportunity, you got to take it. And, and that's what you really need tonight is take the good opportunities. You don't need to wait for great. Don't Good's fine. Take them. Hit some of them. Yeah, and I'm also kind of interested in how they play matchups. Like, you know, we were talking about how FAU plays four guards. Does Rick Barnes just like, screw it, we're going big and we're dominating the paint? I mean, I would love nothing more if this game is just we have 64 points in the paint. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, if they don't have, if they want to play four guards, cool. They better make a lot of shots because we're going to be right there next to the rim. You know, Olivier's got that turnaround. I think Josiah could have a really big game in the paint when you have a smaller guard on you. I think he can back somebody down, um, hit some of those pull ups, hit some of those runners. And, you know, I think, I think this is a good game for Tennessee to get started early because um, I think you can kind of put it away. Now, you know, the way they shoot the basketball, they're, you know, 26 in the country and, and three-point percentage. I think they shot over 953s so far this season. So, I mean, they're going to shoot it, and, you know, I guess that's kind of been Tennessee's Achilles heel for years and, you know, a Cinderella team in the tournament. I'm talking myself out of a win. Dang it. But, <laughs> but I mean, I, I do think there's a way to combat that, and that's, you know, utilizing your size and, and – dominating the paint like you absolutely should yeah and what you said kind of about that dominating the paint too is getting taking away those second chance points because i mean they are going to miss they're not going not going 100 percent from deep don't give them many second chance points especially on and, and it can be tough when uh you play a team that, that's used to shooting the three a lot of long rebounds they're they're used to them and it can be it can be tough to adjust to those but and that that's one thing i don't worry about with this team too much is they're going to fight for rebounds um, sometimes I don't always agree with the way they fight for him. Put a body on a man, for God's sakes. But they're going to fight for rebounds. And, and so I don't worry about that. Another guy on the offensive end I'd, I'd look to have a game that's that's pieced together a nice mid-range, uh, mid-range game is Jonas Adu. Um, talk about he's he's not he's going to be matched up with a seven-footer anytime he's in. If not, I think that mid-range game is even better for him. Um, but he does a good job of finding that elbow wide open often. And uh, he's, he's knocked down a couple and, and – this might be. This just might be his game. Yeah, I think Tyree Key, the kind of the same way, using that body to kind of back people down. You know, he's a kind of a bigger guard as well. So, you know, I, I'm interested to see kind of how they play this FAU team. Do they just kind of go at them and like, hey, we are the physical team your, your coach is talking about. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be exactly rugby, but you know, they're they're no make it make it nasty. It, 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 they needs, want, they, it needs to be physical. You need to you know. Almost said pound in the paint, and that sounds weird. Um, but but may, like use your physicality to your advantage. Piss off Doug Gottlieb more, please. Yeah. I want him tweeting all night about the Tennessee Volunteers, and I wanted to be sick about it. And we talked about. I mean, you talk about being physical. You've seen every everyone uh, harp on it, especially like you said earlier about Michigan State. Tom Izzo looking good in the first weekend. That that's that's how they've made these March runs is being a physically dominant team and and that's what it takes to win in march and i mean the the fact of it is is make the make the officials blow the whistle if they blow the whistle you can learn how to play but if you never test that you're you're never going to see how physical it can get and that's that's one thing about that duke and tennessee game they let it go and what do you i mean you're asking tennessee to back off just cuz the refs aren't calling it 
that that's sorry. It's not our problem. Take it as physical as you can as you can get. Find find the find the edge, um, and and don't jump off of it. Find it and and hang on it and, and see where they'll let you play. And because that's what's gonna that's what's gonna carry you, especially in this game. I mean, they're fast. Um, they they've got some guys that can knock down shots. So if you want to knock them off their game for forty minutes, it's gonna take that physical brand of basketball. And um and and frankly, that if you if you win tonight, that'll carry you in the next game as well. So get. Get nasty. I like what Olivier Kumwa said. I don't know if that's been a motto because I think Urosh mentioned it too. Get down in the mud. Find out if they if they're willing to play dirty. Down. And like and it. not like you don't have to just be dirty. You don't have to play dirty. Be dirty. No, no. Yeah, I'm not asking you to trip people. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I, I'm asking you to to every every time a guy's got like you like I mean you're gonna see Tennessee try to back down guys all the time and um, sometimes they, they just let them and. Uh, if it's reverse roles, let them know you're there. Yeah, don't don't make it easy. Uh, I think I, I think this is a game that exactly. Uh, wait till the second half to start using all of them, right. but use them. Yeah, I'm 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 fired up for this one. I mean, I think like I said, this is Tennessee's uh, best Sweet 16 opponent, and and I don't know how long. Um, I mean, I know it's going to be a game, and and I don't see. You talked about get kind of Tennessee getting out ahead, and, and but their inability, we know they can be streaky. Um, that that allows teams back into it. You got to limit those runs. Um, so I mean, I know it's going to be a forty-minute game. It's the way it goes. But I think if you can get half a game like you did against Duke out of Kumwa, uh, that that helps you a ton. And we I, we've talked about that. Who's going to be the other scorer besides Vescovi and, and Josiah? Even though he only had seven against Duke, who's going to be that other guy? And, and it might just be Olivier Kumwa. I would love nothing more to the, you know, I think we said this at the beginning. I would love nothing more if he just finally finds some consistency for once in his Tennessee career and uh, just goes off in the tournament. So hopefully that's the case. Um, I mean, Tennessee's playing their, their, that game on Saturday was Tennessee's best basketball game all year long. Um, without their point guard, you know, I, I know they, they fought through inju- injuries this whole entire time. I mean, this team has faced some adversity. I don't know how much FAU has because they've only lost three games all year long. Um, but Tennessee has definitely faced some adversity throughout the season. And, you know, it seems like, especially Saturday, now they got to be a little consistent. I know that's been a problem with this team. But, you know, the, it seemed like they were playing their best basketball. They were absolutely prepared for Duke. I think they'll be absolutely prepared for FAU. Um, and I, I think they need to be the aggressor. Duke was – they won 11 in a row. FAU's won nine in a row. They won their first conference championship this year. It's the first time they've been to the NCAA tournament since 2002. It's the first time that they've made the Sweet 16 in uh, program history. So, you know, history repeats itself. Tennessee street killers, baby. <laughs> End it, yeah. Um yeah, and I mean, Tennessee, I think, is playing their best basketball. And I don't even think that was for 40 minutes of Duke. I think they struggled early on, especially you mentioned without their point guard. Tennessee's still trying to find a, a full groove with a ball handler. Uh, I think we had eight turnovers in the Duke game. I had to pull it back up. I think eight. We had four in the span of uh, in, in one of those runs that Tennessee struggles in. If you can, if you can limit those, you're going to be a hard team to beat because – Teams got to score off turnovers, especially against this defense. That, that's where teams are going to feast. If you can limit that, limit the turnovers and or limit the scores off turnovers, that's huge. I also like what you mentioned about FAU. This team knows how to win. They, they do know how to win. Now, I am interested to see what kind of happens when they get um, punched in the mouth uh, over and over can and over they, again. Can, they, can they win an ugly game, though, is, is something yeah. that I want to 
Yeah. No, because Tennessee's going to make you uncomfortable. You know, when you're if you're hitting 37 percent, Tennessee's you know limiting opponents to 26 percent from behind the arc. Something's got to give there. So like, if they're not going in the first, or is that it? Is that all you got? Um, It is worth mentioning. It is worth mentioning. I think these uh, Rams at Madison Square Garden are friendlier than they've been to Tennessee lately. This this Kansas State game's uh, seventy seven to Michigan State seventy three right now. So shots are falling. I I do hope that's the case for the guys in orange here coming up. Uh, Maybe not the other way for the the red and blue, but um, that it. it feels like the rims have been very unfriendly every time Tennessee's played there to both teams. That Texas Tech game mm-hmm. a year and a half ago, yeah. Texas Tech came in as one of the best shooting teams in the country and put on one of the worst performances uh, behind Tennessee. No Spalding basketballs, please. I think they're playing <laughs> yeah, with the I, Wilson, so that we are Wilson Evos this time around. Good. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand why that's a thing, but good lord. I don't understand why at this level you're playing with your brand of basketball. Um, Tennessee obviously plays with Nike. Any Adidas school is going to play with Adidas and so on. If I'm a coach and I know what we're using in March, that's what we're playing with the whole season. Uh, Nike can – listen, it's going to look better for your brand, us us making a deep run, than your basketball on our court. So we're playing with a Wilson. It's very weird to me. Yeah. Anything but a Spalding, so I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> That 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 ball has historically been the worst basketball. I I, I think it's Will Warren uh, stats by Will that that did a whole piece about it after that Texas Tech Tennessee game, and it, it's by far the worst performing basketball. It's hilarious. It's hilarious how bad it is. Which a lot of people have problems with these these Wilsons that are being used right now because I guess they're fresh out of the box and not broken in. And some people act like it's not a big deal. Like any ball that's that's fresh out of the box, it doesn't play the same as a good, well broken in ball. Well, the over is probably sport. gonna hit in this game, so you know, <laughs> I guess that argument's kinda out the window. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um also I, I mean, maybe not for Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas <laughs> is struggling. Arkansas is getting whooped by UConn. I haven't seen the score since I came up it's here. But it, was, it was bad when I left. That's halftime? Yeah. Or has it come yeah, out of half halftime? Yeah. But here, Arkansas is a team now. That's that's a large lead to overcome. But Arkansas is a team that can go rattle off a 10-12-0 run, no problem. I said Gus or uh, Must needs to just take his shirt <laughs> off and try coaching that way. <laughs> it might, yeah, it might, might bring a little energy to the right. court. Anything, anything will do at this point. I think for them. All right. Anything else for basketball, man? I'm, I'm excited. I'm nervous. I mean, I'm fired you have up. a chance. It's it's right in front of you. I mean, and you know, a team that's kind of been here before. This FAU hasn't really been here before. So, you know, I, I think that hopefully this team is just like prepared for it and you know refusing to lose. This isn't ending tonight. Yeah. If it ends, I like. If it ends I like Saturday. It. I think. I think you can chalk up this season as a, as a success, and, and maybe you can for the Sweet 16 anyway, but I, I feel like the opponent that you have, it's right there to make it to the Elite Eight for the second time in school history. Yeah, I think for me, you you know how I am. I, I understand that uh, only one team wins at the end of the season and um, how goals work. And, and I mean, I, I said it to Chase Dolander and, and Christian Moore, and as much as I still believe that that, that year was a success um, – even not making it to Omaha, I, I liked what I heard from them. Um, but I mean, right now the the position Tennessee's in, this is an elite eight team that that should be uh, that should have their eyes set uh, on on uh, Houston. So 
not that this this win's going to come easy. I don't think it is, but I think Tennessee's set themselves up playing good basketball right now. Uh, getting to the Elite Eight should be in the forefront of their minds and, and not out of the realm of possibility in the sense of business just needs to be taken care of. And another thing I love, I think Rick Barnes' team, because they've had some great uh, personalities, they've had some uh, great guys on their team. I think they've been a, a really likable team since Rick Barnes has been here. They just acquired the villain role. And, and I think I think specifically Urosh and, and Kumwa like it. They kind of smile when they talk about the the brand of basketball they've been labeled as. So I'm kind of interested to see how how this these these uh these guys take the villain role. Yeah, I mean you saw the baseball team do it. I don't know if the football team was labeled as the villain, but yeah, people didn't like them because of the offense that they run. Um and they were <laughs> scoring on you and they didn't care how much they were gonna score on you. Um you know, either keep up or get out of the way is kind of how they play. Right. And so, yeah, I think, you know, that that should be a Tennessee brand from now on. Let's just be the villains of everything. That's fine. I mean, the fan Absolutely. base already is. So, I mean, we're, we've just been waiting on this moment for the, the athletic programs to take note and, and join in on the fun. <laughs> Which I hate that I, I got, I hate that I meant I tweeted back at Doug Gottlieb because I know he just wanted clicks but the fact that he blocked me that and he blocked me in seconds. I know he read it. So I know you read it, Doug. You wouldn't have blocked me if you hadn't read it. Thank you for giving me that satisfaction as a troll. I appreciate it. All right. Well, that's all I got for basketball. We're gonna kind of that's speed it. This, Let's get fired up. We've got speed this up a little bit. Uh, 30 minutes till tip off. It'll probably be just about right, depending on how the rest of this game goes. Minute 47 left, five point game. Could be a slow end, but not nine o'clock tip offs looking. A little after nine's looking good. Um, I do want to mention, got some big news. So we are partnering with the Vol Club, um, the collective group that uh, you know Tennessee fans can join, and uh, you know from a number of uh, different tiers you, you can donate. Um, I think it starts at five dollars a month. You can do twenty five, a hundred, and then kind of go on from there. Um, but we just kind of want to help bring awareness to it. Um, also information to it. We're going to have some people on the show to talk about a little bit more, you know, what they got going on, um, you know, where the money's going, stuff like that. Like people just want to know that. And I understand people are a little bit hesitant to just give money, um, especially, you know, something that they already kind of give money to in, in regards to season tickets and, um, and clothing and, you know, all that other stuff. So, um, it, it is really cool what they're doing. Um, and so we got to partner with them a little bit and hopefully that leads to, to better content for us to kind of bring awareness to it, bring exposure to more athletes and things like that. Cause it, it is a really cool thing um, that these kids get to make money on, on their name, image likeness. And, you know, that's something that we can contribute to, you know, $5 a month. I mean, that's $60 a year you can give and hopefully that can help an athlete you know, maybe just decide to come to Tennessee, whatever. Um, I, I think continuing that winning culture is something that uh, I want to see. You know, we're, we're living in the great days of Tennessee athletics right now, and I don't want it ever to see it go away. So I think this is a good way for um, people to kind of give and uh, make sure that that happens. Yeah, a lot of great opportunities there with the Volunteer Club. We are tweeting out a link right now if you'd like to go ahead and get your donation rolling. A lot of great stuff when you sign up. Um, I don't have everything with me that they send you right when you sign up, but you get koozies, 
I got a Cade Mays uh, signed photo right off the bat. But you also get exclusive events. They throw stuff throughout the year, tailgates before football games. They also do – I know tonight they are doing um, a watch party at Yeehaw. Uh, so some of the things they do, they also do things that athletes attend, meet and greets, uh, just for members exclusively. You also get some some behind-the-scenes content, uh, just again, just for those members. Uh, and it's a great way to it's, – it's one of those things that it – not asking everyone to give everything, but if everyone can give a little, that that's a lot. And like you said, bring exposure to not just exposure to these athletes, but also a, a way a way for them to to earn money and and be a part of uh, fan base. It's a it, it's all about kind of connecting, and um, it's another way you can do that. So make sure you go to that link. We've also got that link if you go to our Twitter profile, Instagram profile, Facebook profile. You click on our link tree. It is there, third or fourth one down. Link to the volunteer club. You can start donating today. You can donate as little as $5 a month, that's $60 a year, or as much as you want there. Those tiers go up, like Landon said. Um, so make sure you go ahead and get get on that now. There's going to there's gonna be a lot of stuff uh, coming out. That's another thing about NIL is it's still very new. Um, so the collectives are learning from it. The athletes are learning from it. Uh, and, and it's just going to – this kind of stuff's just going to get better. So make sure you get on it now and experience it. You also get discounts on uh, a lot of cool apparel and, and – um, other stuff from volunteer club that, that they've got on their website there. So make sure you go check that out. Yep. Do it. Let's get into spring practice a little bit. So it finally football's in the air. Um, and it felt really good outside today. It felt like a, you know, a spring practice, like a good spring practice, you know, those, those cold and snowy spring practices are no fun for anybody. So, mm-hmm. um, good to kind of see that. And, you know, I, I'm excited it gets me a little excited. You know, basketball is kind of winding down. You got baseball in full swing. Um, but then it's like, dude, football's right there too. Um, it's not too far behind. So um, good to see kind of the new team here. You got new QB1. You got transfers. You got, you know, the freshmen that are here, highly touted. Um, so just a lot of things kind of going on and, you know, not a ton to really talk about or dive into. It's still kind of early in spring practice, but position wise, you know, there are positions to see. I, I think the offensive tackle position is going to be one that's um, you're going to have a lot of eyes on it just because of who you lost there. Darnell Wright was one of, if not the best offensive tackle in college football last year. Yep. Um, so replacing him is going to be difficult. They land John Campbell from Miami. You got Gerald Mincy, Jeremiah Crawford um, to kind of see who can, you know, take over those two spots. And I mean, I, I guess they kind of wanted to be John Campbell, or they wouldn't have brought him in from Miami. <laughs> um, but you got to go out there and win it. And and can he be? I don't. I don't think it's fair to say can you be as productive as Darnell Wright, but can you be serviceable? Yeah, and I think too, this is just a, another year that Joe Milton has gotten to to sit um, in Josh Heupel's system and learn from it. He, he got a lot of playing time too. I know not all meaningful snaps until that Clemson game, um, but but did get to at least not only learn but also play. And then that Clemson game was as much as it sucked to lose him and Hooker. As far as the outlook for this year, not only was it awesome for the fans to kind of get almost like a felt like a preseason game a little bit in that mm-hmm. sense of of next year, but also good for for Joe Milton to get meaningful snaps in a in a tough game in, in this system just to to improve before next year and because i mean you do start right off the gate i know virginia's no clemson but uh a power five opponent that's got got talent more so than ball state or bowling green or what have you 
So that that's huge for him, and, and that's only going to help the offensive line. I've also got uh, not questions, but I am interested to see what happens at the running back position. But all those running backs that are returning, same same deal with them as Joe Milton, except they they play all season. Um, but I'm kind of curious if you can find a, a running back one right out the gate. I think maybe it's Jalen Wright for the entirety of the season if he doesn't struggle early on holding on to the football. I'll talk about this with someone today. I think if those are those woes aren't there, he might be your your RB one. I don't know. It, that 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 was kind of my feeling throughout the year. Um, I think we've got three right now good RB2s. They put them on any team in the country. They're, they're fantastic RB2s. Um, I want to see someone kind of be the guy and, and find Tennessee find better ways to utilize them. Everybody got good beneficial touches, but who's going to be your your guy lining up in the backfield? I'm, I'm interested to see. It's three really good backs. I kind of don't know how they manage them, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think uh, I'm kind of with you. I think it's Jalen Ride. I, I think he was probably your – best running back last year, even though he probably didn't get <laughs> yep. as many touches as he probably should have. I'd like to see him feed him a little bit more. And, you know, it's no slide to, to Jabari Small or, or even Dylan Sampson, but, you know, I, I just think that, you know, he is a different gear. He's bigger. You know, I just he just looks like an SEC running back. And, you know, I don't think he was his freshman year. Maybe Dylan Sampson has that kind of turn that, you know, Jalen Wright had his sophomore year. But – um yeah, right. I, I definitely think Jalen Rod's probably your uh, most polished back. I guess I, I'm using that word polished quite a bit, but um, I, I do think it's Jalen Rod. And again, no no offense to Jabari Small or Dylan Sampson. I think, like you said, they're good RB twos, but uh, I think Jalen Rod just kind of has a leg up at this point. This game's going into overtime. We've got well after nine tonight, boys. Eighty two, eighty two. Uh oh. Dang. Overtime in the East Regional. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michigan State's done a good job just chipping away at that. Um, they should have they should have won because they they missed an and one on the possession before that. Um, I, I and Dylan Sampson, I, I think he's a really interesting. What happens this off season? Because like you said, he's he's probably um, probably going to put on some weight. You kind of mentioned that Jalen Wright transition. What that looks like? He's the guy that's got the most speed. The, of the three now Jalen Wright what I think he has differently than Jabari Small because I think they run pretty similar Jalen Rice just got that extra gear that that Jabari Small is just barely missing and I think that puts him over the edge a little bit he has he has a little bit of tear away and um I, I do I mean like I I think part of the thing that hindered Jalen Wright was um missing fall camp and I think that's tough to kind of get going I think that probably uh not that it's an excuse but I think it probably is doesn't help why he struggles running the football. I think when he did get to participate in fall camp, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, that's uh, no con non-contact right through fall camp for him. Yeah. Th- I don't, I don't when, think he, when he did when the literally practiced, it was all non-contact, yeah, correct? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's got to play a little part. He only fumbled four times, only lost two of those um, three. Only lost, he fumbled five and lost, I can't. He didn't lose all of them, thankfully, um, but did that ball hit the turf a little, little too much? I, I know for a coach, especially when you have two good backs behind him as well. Um, that that's one of those things you can't slip up there. You got to protect the football. But yeah, I, I like Jalen Wright a lot, so I'm interested to, to kind of see how they, like I said, how they manage that. Not that I'm again, not question marks. I'm, I feel really good about Tennessee's running back, running back room. It's just who's the guy? Yeah. And I'm kind of the same way with the secondary. I think there is talent there. I think it's going to be more talented than it was last year. Yeah. I just like 
who's it going to be? Who, who wins the battles? You know, do we see any of these freshmen get any time? You know, at safety, are you going to play the same Jalen McCullough? And, you know, is it going to be Wesley Walker? Tamari McDonald, is he going to be the star? You know, do they, they kind of lean on some younger guys? To this point, since Josh Heibel has been here, they go with veterans in the secondary. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but they do. I guess the the cost, the risk, or the the cost-benefit analysis that they're doing, you know, they'd rather see a veteran go out there and, you know, don't screw anything up but not make a ton of plays than screw something up and, and make some plays. Um, to this point, that, that's that's what it's been. And so I'd like to see, see somebody different. I know Wesley Walker, you know, I thought he was probably your most talented safety last year. And, I mean, he didn't do a fantastic job by any means, but I definitely think he was around the ball right. a lot. Um, so I'd like to see a little bit more, just a little bit more athletic in the back end there. And Danico Slaughter is at corner, so he did not go back to safety. Apparently Christian Charles is back at safety. So, you know, we'll see kind of how that plays out. But, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm – Interested to see who starts where in, in that defensive backfield. Hey, I agree with you in terms of question marks. And I know those things, I think everybody in the secondary has got to elevate their game. Uh, another thing about that, the entire defense really outside of probably linebacker, you're, you're rotating a crap ton. And even linebacker, I'm sure they'd like to rotate more. It's probably been more of a numbers game there. Um, so you really need about six, seven guys in that secondary to play really well. Um, for that defense to to elevate and secondary's got a long way to go and I know it's not always easy in this offense you're out on the field a lot and and then when you mix in um, a, another team that passes a ton and and runs any kind of up tempo it may not match Tennessee's but any kind of up tempo it's tough to play in that I understand mm-hmm. um, but I think the biggest thing is Tennessee's fond of you mentioned Wesley <clears throat> Walker being around the ball a lot I think that's the biggest thing for the secondary it, miss some downs it's not the, not the biggest deal in the world it's going to happen in this this uh, style of play. Find a way to get the ball, though. Find a way to get takeaways. If this if this secondary can can get a few takeaways, a takeaway a game, that that's huge. That that's going to put put you in a lot of good positions. Yeah, just being in position is something that I'd like <laughs> okay, to see yeah, a, big, a big improvement on. Um, and one thing is, I, I, I'm I, I'm not a Willie Martinez stand. I'm I'm not stand, not stand. Um, you know, I don't I don't not that I'm sitting here thinking he's the best defensive back coach in the world um but i think he's done a really good job of, of making guys better and so i do have a faith especially in the the cornerbacks and um the, the improvement they can make i mean two guys that he coached right now just signed massive contracts in the nfl so i, I do have some yeah, faith there that's pretty insane how they're going to be starting at the i guess i mean you don't pay those guys to sit so i definitely right. think you know probably two of their cornerbacks maybe ones in at the nickel but um, yeah, that's, that's, that's impressive. Um, and if you saw Emmanuel Mosley's like story that we tweeted out, mm-hmm. um, he said, uh, that Cam Sutton took him on his recruiting visit. I thought that oh, was really yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, Cam Sutton's an awesome story too, in the sense of Tennessee guy and, and getting to, to do what he's done. That's yeah. a three star, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emmanuel yeah. Mosley was Manuel Mosley probably I mean he looked big in that video. Yeah, he he was he was tiny for pretty much his entire Tennessee well, career. Is, I mean, he looked like a freaking water bottle out there. Yeah. So good. I mean, I'm happy for them. Um, like I said, that gives me faith. And especially, I mean, Cam Sutton's a, a a little anecdotal um because he certainly 
it's going to be tough to ever improve the way he did um, the jumps he made in his time at Tennessee. But yeah, that, that guy coached him. So I do have some faith there. Yeah. Any players you'd like to, Hey, like doing predict a breakout. I mean, everybody kind of had their eyes on Jalen Hyatt. I don't think they were predicting him to win the Blitnikoff, but uh, you know, I think they're ready for him to take that next step. And he did that. So who's a guy that can maybe have a, a breakout year this season? Yeah, I think the cheat codes on offense are, are Brew McCoy or uh, Joe Milton. Like those are the, I think the obvious ones. Or just any receiver. <laughs> yeah, any receiver. I think I think Brew is going to be a lot like. Um, which I mean, I guess he kind of was that security target there for a while. Kind of like maybe like Cedric. Tillman. I think he took over Cedric Tillman's spot when when he got injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was kind of the guy that that he could look to in tough situations to make that throw. So I think he has that benefit. Um, but I mean, we haven't really gotten to see Brew use much of his speed. That's why I think it's that's why I think it's him. I think he's gonna be more than a safety outlet. And so I'm interested to kind of see how he makes that jump. Um, I mean, again, I think it's squirrel white too. Like again, I think there's cheat codes there that you see the obvious stuff. Um so I don't know. Offensive side of the ball, I think it's tough because I think you could go any any of the four I just listed, I think are easy. Yeah, I think Dante Thornton, you can throw him in there. Yeah, basically whoever the top receiver is is going to be that guy um i'm gonna go with jalen Wright. i just think that um i just think he's a dog um and Mm. you know threatening to kind of hit the portal and um, then got his nil deal kind of squared away and and i I just think things kind of fell in the right place for a reason and you know i think jalen Wright could probably be that i just want to see like a running back hit a thousand that's what i want to see and yeah, I think I mean again, gonna kind of based on how they, um, how they manage him, but he's got to be your best chance to do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Landon Allen said, "Watch out for squirrel." I mean, yeah. Got. I mean, you got to. Right. And he's tiny. He's he's smaller than Jalen Hyatt. Um, but he he just got that little kind of get off about him that. You can just throw it up. You can just, you know, stand up and toss it to him, and, you know, he's going to make a few people miss. And he's going to make a lot of opposing DBs look very stupid this season. Yeah, I think he has better uh, field vision, ability to kind of manage the field, than Jalen Hyatt did at this point in his career. Yeah. Yeah, Now, you saw a different Jalen Hyatt his senior year, but this point in his career, he's he's better. Yeah. Uh, Defensive side of the ball, I've got kind of two. Um The first one, breakout player, is Joshua Josephs. Joshua Josephs. I mean, right, you saw him last year, and you kind of wanted more. You're like, where is where is this guy at? Like, yeah, can, come on. Can we get him back on the field for yeah. anything? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, I think – I mean, the way he abused that LSU offensive line, who I know was struggling at that point in the season when Tennessee played them, but it's still LSU. And, I mean, abusing guys. I think that's uh, – a real hope to, to see a, a big season from him. Um, and then this isn't breakout, but kind of hitting on like Jalen Wright type deal. Very similar. I think Aaron Beasley, he's going to be your anchor. He kind of was in the back half of the season. He, he stepped up in a big way. was probably your best linebacker when you go back and review the season. Can he do that again? And can he carry this? The defense is going to need some carrying. I hope they're improved, but they're still going to need some carrying. Can he be that guy? Well, you, you love to see guys that are, are just leaders because of the way they played. 
Yeah. Um, and that's Aaron Beasley. You know, I don't know if you got this, if you noticed this, but um, usually when a coach like say, "Hey, break it down," they usually call it somebody's name, and it's usually a leader on that team. Well, the other day they broke down. I think it was the first practice, and he said, "Beasley, break us down." Aaron Beasley is going to be a leader on this team, and I think that only helps him. Um, yeah. You know, Jawan Mitchell and Jeremy Banks were, were both veterans. Sloan Page is a veteran. So I think him just being the the face of that linebacking room is going to be huge for him. And, um, again, like he's not even played linebacker since, you know, he's played like, what, two years of linebacker Yeah, his whole life. He's been a running back and a defensive back his entire career. So um, I, I think he's only going to get better at the position – you know, I think his best is ahead of him, and I think you're going to be a you're going to see a lot of glimpses like you saw um, in that Orange Bowl against Clemson with Aaron Beasley. Yeah, I agreed. I'm excited. I mean, I'm I'm excited for the defense in the sense of I do think they take a step. Uh, I don't think they'll be a liability like they were last year at times. Um, and I think to kind of, I know you already that was your second year with Josh Heupel, but you also didn't kind of going into the season you didn't really know you kind of i'm sure they heard it a lot from the coaches make one make this one stop here we got them in fourth down make this one stop here well then after that florida game um you you believed it you didn't just hear it you saw it happen you knew it was true um so i think i think knowing that is going to be huge and i think you will see some big fourth down stops you did against lsu a ton of fourth big fourth down stops and that's another thing no team's going to convert like florida did but you also didn't let them convert enough to win. So that's huge. Yeah. I got one more um, defensive side. You went kind of one for each. So I'll go one of each. Uh, Danico Slaughter, back at corner. I think he was Tennessee's best corner last year. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't think it was necessarily very close. You know, right. he's got that physicality to him. Um, I mean, he'll come up and, and knock your brains in like he did against Kentucky. He can go up and get the football. He plays the football, which is something that Tennessee fans have been dying to see is, you know, a DB finally playing the football. Um, and I just don't think, like, uh, I know he wanted to go back to safety. That's probably been his natural position. But, you know, I, I think he could make a lot of money being a, being a corner. I mean, being that – big and physical and that fast and having those kind of ball skills, you know, I think, you know, him making it to the next level is, is probably better suited for him to be a cornerback and instead of a safety. So I think he's found his, his spot now, whether he, you know, takes it in full stride and uh, kind of runs with it, that's, that's up to him. But, you know, I definitely think the, it's right there in front of him. He just got to go take it. Yeah, Absolutely. God, and I love that hit against Kentucky. Yeah, it's going to be good to have a leader in the back, uh, in, in that secondary too. And that, so that, that's going to be huge yeah. in that back end. All right. Anything else for spring practice other than uh, what do you think about Nico going to 12? Big talk. I mean, you got to talk about five star quarterback. Can't We can't not talk about the five star quarterback. Yeah. I don't love it. I see. Okay. Here's my, here's my difference. I think he has put on some weight. I don't think it's just the number. I think guys was Dormady twelve. In, Dormady was twelve. Yeah, I um, would say that. so is Tom. So is Tom Brady. Um, That's true. So I think big guys and big in no, double numbers look smaller. I think little guys in double numbers look bigger. I like your quarterback looking a little bigger. 
You think in double numbers they look bigger? I think I think small guys in double numbers look bigger. Okay. Yeah, Personally. I mean, I, hey, you got to rock it, right? I mean, it, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, Aaron Carter's out there wearing forty-seven. That is a whatever number. So, <laughs> if you can go out there and ball in forty-seven, hey, you can you can rock it. So, twelve is mean, certainly not a whatever number. Know, our guy Xander Seacrest is forty-eight. Yeah, it's not much of a pitcher number. I guess it is in, in like the MLB, but it doesn't yeah. sound like a pitcher number. Yeah, it's just like I, we have so many. So like 46 or 48, which one do you want? No offense. I'm going 48. I'm going 48. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, how much weight do you think he's put on though? Oh, he said he's he's getting like 20 pounds. 20? You think it's, yeah. you think that's true? Uh, I think 20? 20 is a lot. I would say 15. And it's muscle. 15, okay. All right. I like. I mean, seven minutes. All of them, Dylan, you're are you even watching weight. this? Hold on, we got to get on our producer. He's new, not dogging him. Dylan, this <laughs> Kansas State Michigan State game is in overtime. It's not even over. It's ninety four ninety three Kansas State right now. Thirty four seconds left. We got plenty of time till tip. But I appreciate you keeping us up. But I am going to dog you. Uh, UConn's beating the crap out of Arkansas. Still seventy one forty six. So you think you think you think uh, Musselman's going to take the shirt off tonight? In disgust. Yeah, just he's done, <laughs> yeah. he's done with the hogs. He's got to do it every game, but it you know two different outcomes. You think he just? You think he looks? You think his body even looks sadder after a win or a loss like that? Oh yeah, like you know, I mean, listen, he looks like a fit guy. He looks like he works out. You think he takes it off tonight and he just looks like, oh god, it's like dude, what happened? Man, you didn't shave your chest or anything before you ripped that off? That's right. a thing. Like he he was a that was a freshly shaved. He chest. shaved. He shaves his armpits. He had no armpit, zero armpit hair. Yeah, that's weird. Wasn't blonde. It wasn't a little bit. Zero armpit hair. That's weird. This ain't going. Am I watching the same game? It's in overtime. It's, it's on overtime right now. Kansas State, Michigan State, not Arkansas, UConn. <laughs> we play. Oh, I'm oh, not going to second out. overtime. Yeah, yeah. I'm not worried about that, but we they they have to give them X amount of time to warm yeah, up. We, we got building, brother. Maybe it'll be like they don't, they don't let us warm up. Are they about to call a foul, too, on this god-awful three? All right. Um, let's see where we're at. Well, baseball. Any baseball. Yeah, let's let's hit this real quick. And by the way, always tune in on Monday nights. We've got more baseball talk, bat flip with Landon and Dylan. So uh, yeah. make sure you guys tune in for that. Hopefully yeah. a little bit on the brighter side after the uh this this next Monday. Yeah, that that was a tough one to do this past Monday. It was it was the toughest one we've done so far, but we did it, made through it, um, and we're better for it. Now, what's up? Can I can I pause? Can you call a foul on review? I didn't think you could. I don't think you can either. So maybe they were just looking to see if he tipped it. Okay, that's what okay. it is. Right. Just um, making sure. So Tuesday night. So this this weekend, Tennessee plays Texas A&M. Top 25 matchup. Uh, first SEC series at home. And uh, Tuesday night, you get a full-on wake-up call by Tony Vitello. Just everybody, everybody's out of the lineup except Blake Burke. He was the only one um, – he was the only one in there, you know, freshmen, sophomores. You know, he was throwing everybody kind of in there. Maui Huna, Christian Moore, the only guys who really hit the ball this past weekend, get them out of the lineup. Um, now they did come back in, you know, later on in the game, you know, toward the end. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he just kind of showed you, like, hey, if you can't produce, like, we got people behind you that, that can. Um Christian Scott had a freaking good God. That was a bomb. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was good to get a win under your belt. You won that game seven nothing. Pitching did their job. Xander Seacrest got the start. You know, he was fired up. Love to see that. Um, but yeah, it was it was a wake up call for sure. I mean, walking into the stadium and and seeing that here's the lineup, I'm like, okay, are we gonna you know <laughs> drop another midweek game? But um, you know, they got it going, and hopefully, this is a wake up call. It's like, hey, we don't play like that. You know, competitive at bats. You know, you can't have the mistakes. That that was the the worst part for me was the mistakes in the field. Like you just can't have that. You can't be dropping routine fly balls. You you can't be, you know, getting the last out of an inning and you drop the flip to second base. You know, you just can't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not doing you any favors. It probably didn't hurt this team last year because you're scoring in bunches. This team is a totally different team. They have to have competitive at bats. Twice you had two runners on at Missouri. And then you strike out two times in a row. Like you got to be able to do your job, move runners over, um, and score some runs that way. Play a little bit of small ball. And this team, just to this point, is you know I, I think they are kind of too patient at the plate sometimes. Whereas Missouri, they're like as soon as, if we see a fastball coming over the plate, we're hitting it. This team like takes the first pitch, and you know they might foul off the second pitch, and then you're fighting for your life at that point. And, you know, it's no secret that this team isn't hitting the ball well on off-speed pitches. So, um, I'd like to see them, hey, first pitch fastball, hammer it. Mm. See where it goes. I feel like that – and I feel like that's one thing that's not – you're not wondering what the coach kind of wants them to do. You've seen Tennessee swing at first pitch plenty. Yeah. Be a little bit more confident. I mean, that, that's mm. that's a lot of it. it is, this team doesn't have a ton of confidence yet, and I think – a lot of that stems from losing, you know, the, the guys you did last year and not having that nucleus of Gilbert, Russell, and, and Lipsius, you know, guys that have been there for three years. Yeah, and I'm still – I mentioned on Sunday, uh, I, I know I'm a huge seam head, big baseball guy here, you know that, but I did have a lot of questions on how Vitello will kind of manage this roster with the struggles they're having. Uh, that question kind of got answered Tuesday. I mean, I am interested if you do see any – uh, any adversity this weekend if this is a team that does have plenty of talent way you know to go around um kind of what happens uh when when you're playing sec opponent on the weekend who who who's willing to go in and then if any guys can step up and make make him change the lineup permanently yeah yeah pitches are gonna be fine but uh gotta get better in the field and in the, in the lineup and um you know again this is a totally different team if you're out on already, you're just spoiled because you've only been a fan the past two years. So, um, you know, this <laughs> oh, this kind of happens. Kansas State just went up three, 15 seconds, 14 seconds left. Big 4.7 seconds on the shot clock, laid inbound. I mean, it had to be close to five there. And and they hit a fadeaway, maybe not a fadeaway, in the corner for two to go up three. I wonder where he was at. He might have been on the five count there. Four miss a sit. Got the ball in. <laughs> That's all I got Big for baseball. Um, any? Uh, Let's go get some, go get some wins. A and M. Uh, they get they get a win over LSU this past weekend. I'm sure they're feeling pretty good. Go, Eddie. Let's go. That's another thing. Like, there's a little bit of pressure this weekend too. It's like you're already zero and three in the the conference. You got to get some wins under your belt, and you know you don't like to lose at home. Texas A and M is a good ball club. Got a really good coach and. Uh, Jim 
Schlossnagel. Sounds right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how you say it exactly, but a really good coach and um, definitely want to get some wins. Get the series win. That's all I ask. I'd love a sweep, but let's get a series win and get back to our winning ways. Good. Yeah, you mentioned getting at home. It's it's good you don't have to go to Bluebell because uh, like you mentioned the same A and M teams. Good club. Mm-hmm. Protect protect Lindsey Nelson this week. Yep. Go get some dubs. Yep. Hornets nest. Go do it. <laughs> um. All right. Any more? Did we get any questions? I didn't see any. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see any either. Did stupidity? I didn't double check any anywhere besides the replies. But yeah, let's hit some stupidities. I know we got some time before this Tennessee game starts. Um, could be looking at another overtime now that like Kansas State hit that shot, but we'll still we'll still stay somewhat on track. How about that? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I've got. Uh, do you have a first stupidity pulled up? Yeah, I got one. It is uh, Gabe Hudson. Twitter blue. Um, he said, this is weird, but uh, does anybody sometimes miss quarantine life? Hell no. That was the worst time of my life. I'm way too social to be stuck in a house all the time. Today we were walking the dogs and my wife was like, do you remember when we used to just walk the dogs all the time during COVID? Because that's all we could do. I was like, yeah, and I hated my life. Also, <laughs> like it made me forget so much. Like literally like it's – like the timeline is so off. It's just like I don't remember anything really pre-COVID. There, there are a lot of things, not necessarily pre-COVID. I forget, but a lot of stuff I forget about twenty twenty. It's, like it, it's amazing how much I've yeah. forgotten. That COVID brain, man. No, I just like I guess I blocked a lot of that out. No, I. It, it really just really what was bad for me was like the first two or three months because after like. June, maybe we were at least like everyone kind of had a better grasp what was going on. We were able to kind of at least go out, not to do the same things we did before, but at least not like you said, be locked up in the house entirely. And no sports, like you, there was nothing to do. No, no sports and stuff. We did also get to it was it was cool to do the um we you know we had so much time we we did get to do that rewatch of the '98 season. That was a lot of fun to to do. Um, and then I also got to go out to Arizona while we were wrapping that up. I think it was a week, two weeks maybe before the national championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool. To I, I was in Tempe while we were discussing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't miss COVID at all or quarantine. I guess don't don't miss that. Don't recommend it at all. I was trying to get this video uploaded in time. It's not a stupidity, but I was hoping to. I don't think I'm be able to do it from my phone. Um, all right, I may save it. It's not, I was going to save it for Sunday, but we had time, so I'll just save it for Sunday now. All right, well, that's a stupidity on me for thinking I could get that done fast. I do want to mention this because I saw it today. Did you see where Roan um, switched jerseys with Patrick Beverly's mom? No, I didn't. That's awesome. Yeah, man. sick. Um, and Patrick Beverly uh, commented I, on it. He said, hey, bro, stop playing with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my first stupidity is the NCAA. Shocker. Mm. The NCAA suspended Ferris State head coach. I don't know how to say his last name. Tony Anzi. Tony A. Annecy. And yeah, Tony A. That's good. Uh, what do you think? How, what do you think the suspension was? Uh, something that Tennessee players would all have been suspended for <laughs> after they beat Alabama. It possibly. Um, like, what do you think? What do you think his suspension? Like, what do you think they gave him? 
a game. Oh, a practices. Future playoff game, right? Future playoff game. Yeah. How do you like not even next postseason or something? No, future playoff game could happen 10 years from now. Do you know what it was for? That That's dumb in and of itself. Do you know what it was for? Yeah, it was smoking cigars after winning back-to-back championships, right? Smoking cigars. I don't. Were they back-to-back? Is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah, back-to-back. Um, smoking cigars. The reason they got in trouble is because they played at a Texas high school stadium, which has a no tobacco policy. And they warned the entire team because last year they did something similar. I don't know if it was smoking cigars, but did something in the locker room. The NCAA warned Fair State. Two players did it anyways. And they also took signs, like Ferris State signs from Walker and that the NCAA wasn't happy with, which is incredibly dumb. What are you going to do with them now that they got in trouble for? And so they suspended him for a future playoff game, which is just a hilarious suspension. Yeah. Just suspend him. That's not a big deal. Suspend him for the next game if you want to make a point. Do it for the next next game. So dumb. They get one off day during spring practice. That's your punishment. Yeah. Why are you, why are you playing it in a high school stadium, though? Yeah, that's dumb. So dumb. But also, like, most of those stadiums out there are pretty big. So, like, I mean, dude, let the people have a smoking area. It's a, it's a victory. Dollywood cigar. does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my next one, and then I've got two, we'll call them most important, but uh, yeah, you can go ahead and do that. We'll call them most important, or after this stupidity, we'll call them most important. I just want to give some shout outs to some people. Uh, did you see this uh, new building that's getting erected in in las vegas Mm, that is a penis that is a penis you're right you're absolutely right um (laughs) yep they are building that in las vegas the best part is uh i don't know if this is real but it's gonna have a rooftop fountain so nice i hope that's true right out of the sea yeah also what happens there is it gonna be a casino i'm guessing i'm sure it's a hotel in vegas i'm sure it's gonna have a casino yeah all right, I've got I've got two shout outs to give. My my first one is oh, I've got one more stupidity. I don't know who it's on. I've got maybe roundabout a couple stupidities. Did you see where Antoine Davis for uh Detroit um Mercy that was gonna try to play in the CBI and the CBI didn't end up inviting him? You gotta pay to play in it anyways. They didn't invite him because people were writing emails saying he couldn't they didn't want him to play in it because they didn't want him to break Pete Maravich's all time scoring record in that tournament. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a fifth-year guy. So I'm kind of like, you've had your chances, brother. Yeah. But also, who cares enough to write to the CBI yeah. to not allow a team to pay to play in the tournament? Like I said, so many stupidities to go around. So did they not allow him to? No, they didn't invite him. And yeah, so this was his quote. I'm upset about it. I feel like I got cheated out of something that they can't ever give back to me. I think it's selfish and weird that people emailed or called the college basketball invitational to say we shouldn't be in the tournament because they didn't want me to break the record. I agree with this point there. I also think it's dumb that he's a fifth-year guy that has played for five years, not a red shirt, and you had plenty of opportunities to break the record. At Detroit Mercy. At Detroit Mercy. <laughs> um, and listen, look, I, I'm not. This isn't. I hate to group everybody into one, but there's a lot of soft people from every generation out there. You're taking time out of your day to email them because you love Pete Maravich so much that you don't want someone to break a record that most people don't really care about in college basketball? What are we doing? Yeah, yeah, you're the biggest ball. Congrats. Where did you find the CBI's email? <laughs> well, also, I mean, college basketball, a lot a lot of since the era of can't go straight to the NBA out of high school, your best players are one and done. 
And, and if they're not one and done, they're only playing for three years. Right. So what are, what are we doing? Who cares? I yeah. Have a, yeah, like I said, stupidities go around. All stupid. Yeah, that, that's that's a dumb. Like, cool. You like you'll you'll get your name in the record books, but like, it doesn't mean anything. Like, P. Maravich, what did he do in three years? Four, I maybe. Think he did it. I think he did it in three. He did do it in three years. He still holds it. He did it. I think in three years with no three point line. It's not Pete Maravich is a good basketball player. I'm not dogging Pete Maravich. I'm dogging the people that are so butthurt that they had to probably go through like three Google searches for the CBI's email to email them all upset. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, even if you would have passed him in this CBI tournament, um, yeah, it, it, still you shouldn't earn the record because of that. Because Pete Maravich was way more impressive. Uh, I mean, give him the record, but it's it, it can be something we argue about later. Should Antoine Davis hold? Should who's the real record holder? And it's listen. You took away a great bar debate because you're so selfish and stupid, and you have nothing better to do. I hate all those people that email about it. Just let us give us something to talk about. But the kids what if we have an? What if we have another pandemic? What are we going to discuss? That's true. What do you What do you do? <laughs> all right, I've got two shout outs I want to give. My first one is to Kim English, headed to Providence. The man keeps getting jobs. Keep getting keeps getting promoted. We'll see you in a few years. I hope so. I like Kim English a lot. He's he's done pretty good at George Mason. Now gets the chance to go to the Beast. Uh, I mean, it's hard to argue, especially the way they're playing right now. The the best conference in college basketball. And they just added Rick Pitino. And they just hired Rick Pitino. Uh, that was quick, by the way. Um, pun intended. But yeah, the uh, that's awesome for him. That's a that's a tough place to win consistently. Ed Cooley did it. Uh, I don't bl- a lot of people are wondering Georgetown's a step up from Providence. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Now I, I don't disagree with a lot of people saying he lied. Yeah, he probably did lie. College basketball, college coaches are, are mostly scumbags. They're lie right to your face. No. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. They lie to 17 year olds, a lot of fans. They probably lie to their wives. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, my next shout out is to the Carolina Panthers. Did you see where um, at Ohio State's pro day, Josh McCown told C.J. Stroud they'll play they'll play horse when he uh, will find a court when he lives in Charlotte. I saw that they might yeah. have the guy they want. I'm cool with it. Either one. I think I think I like Stroud better than Bryce Young. Yeah, I mean, like production wise, like Bryce Young, like just seeing Bryce Young live, you're like, oh my god, that dude's a freak. Um, yeah, when you're just looking at intangibles and stuff like that, like CJ Stroud definitely makes sense. When he has those intangibles that I think some people like and will love us, the big body, the big arm, but he also has the production. Sure, not the Bryce Young production, but the production and close to Bryce Young, sure. But Bryce Young did a lot himself, especially this year. Um CJ Stroud, though, has a little bit of both. And that's a I mean, another thing too is CJ Stroud hadn't been anywhere near as injured as Bryce Young. Now you can argue he hadn't played in as physical of a league. Uh, but I think if I have the number one pick, I think I'm spending it on CJ Stroud. So I think your Panthers might be making the good decision. Yeah, I'm now again, like I'm cool with I'm cool with either. Just not freaking Will Levitz or Anthony Richardson. I don't I don't know how much say Josh McCown has and I didn't know. I guess he's the QB coach over there now. He is, yes. I did not know that. Uh but his his daughter is dating or married to someone on who is it? I don't know. Someone on, on Tennessee's roster, I can't remember. So a little uh, Tennessee connection there too. 
Oh, Tennessee, like, like oh, our yeah. Tennessee? Yeah, our Tennessee Volunteers. Okay. She she went to UT. Went? I guess like she doesn't. Do what? Like she doesn't anymore. What's her name? Uh, here, hold on, I got it. It's Cheyenne Labruza. Yeah, that's who it is. Oh. Um, yeah, she went to UT. I don't know if she still does. I don't know how old she is. She went yeah. to UT. I, I don't know if her her brother, Josh, is one of Josh. He has like eight kids, I think. One of his sons recently, I don't know if it was basketball, football. He was getting, I don't even know how heavily recruited. He he did a recruiting visitor too to UT. Interesting. Also, I don't know where he lived because they lived in like eight different cities. I mean, he played for, I think he played for like 30 NFL teams. It's something. He, yeah, he was basically like a like military child. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, good for Josh McCown. He made a nice living being a backup quarterback. And, oh, yeah, I mean, probably nowhere near as much CTE as as any other starter in the league. I mean, the, another career backup that um, probably has CTE, more CTE than Josh McCown, at least, is someone like uh, Fitzmagic. Yeah, because Fitzmagic always, where he ends up to be the backup, the starter usually goes down, so he has to play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I just counted off. He played at 12 – Maybe not 12 different. I'd have to see if there are any repeats. He played on like 12 different teams. I don't know if that was 12 different franchises, but I know he her, moved her daughter one time and all her friends like wore like different Josh McCown jerseys at school. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, yeah, 12 different teams. It doesn't look like there's any repeats just running through that real quick, but so maybe 12 different franchises. I thought he was one of those guys that who, who is the quarterback that played on like 30 teams? Who was that? You remember? I feel like Josh McCown is the one that I think of. That. Okay. Well, he's he's twelve, so he's not. I thought there was one though that was way more. Hmm. I don't know. Um, is Carson Carson Palmer? No, I'm trying wow. to think. He's in the league long enough. He was in the league quite a bit long enough to do that. Yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'll see if I can find it later. Maybe we'll talk about it. Someday. Baker Mayfield might be up there at some point. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably he probably likes the idea of being a career backup right now, but I, I do like C.J. Stroud. His pro day was the other day, and, and Bryce Young's was today. So Panthers were there as well. Um, so what do you think about Cam Newton? Speaking of the Panthers, hey, my man's low on cash. Got to be. <laughs> Um, All right, guys. It's been fun. We'll get out of here. Tennessee's going to tip off here soon. I don't know the exact time. I haven't checked. Um, make sure you guys are going to Underdog Collectibles. Like I said, shot. We we were in there looking at everywhere from college football cards to MLB baseball cards and jerseys, and they've also got FIFA cards, Pokemon cards, any any collectible card and any other collectible you can think you would need in your man cave. They've got it. We've also, like we said, we are now working with the volunteer club make sure you guys check them out link is in our bio or on our page recently tweeted out go sign up today get started i thought winning starts here i love that winning starts here nil has become a big part of college football it's going to be a big part of recruiting um if you want tennessee to continue getting some of the best talent it's not going to be the end all be all but it's going to be a factor and, and be a part of that give what you can give um, and this is something I'm passionate about, and this is something I don't mind paying a, a, a what you think, you know, Netflix subscription or a HBO subscription. Like that's how I view it. This is yeah. what I want my money to go towards because 
this is a hell of a lot better than anything HBO is going to put on and, and, or even Apple TV. I love Ted Lasso, but Tennessee beating Alabama, it beats every season to Ted Lasso. Yeah, that's what I think of it. This is my part to uh, actually have a say in Tennessee um, getting to where Georgia's at. Yeah. Surpassing yeah. the Georgia and Alabamas of the world, th- this is my part. So, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. And, and it's not just giving and, and just hoping um, something comes out of it, that kind of deal. Like you do the, – the great benefit of this is it's, it's not just, hey, give and we'll, we'll do our best with it. Yeah, you kind of have to hope for that and that um, – but we're going to get some guys on here from the volunteer club that are going to tell you uh, what they're doing, what their vision is, and, and how they're helping these athletes. But you also mentioned earlier in the show you get a lot of benefits from joining. You'll see each of those in every tier when you join. You also get discounts, exclusive events, exclusive content. So there's a lot of great things to go along with with what me and Landon just mentioned as well. Yeah, really cool to get access to these players. Um, so, and this is your one way to kind of do that is be a part of the volunteer club. So, go do that, guys. It's time. Sweet I'm sixteen. Feel, we're feeling a, we're feeling a lead, baby. Um, we'll be back on Sunday. Hopefully, talking uh, sweep. Hopefully, talking. I mean, I guess by that point we'll be in the final four. Maybe we might have to do a show before then. We'll see. Um, but guys, have a good Friday. Go Vols. We're bringing the boat in, and we out.